Mikey Sherrill serving her second term as a congresswoman from New Jersey, former Navy helicopter pilot, uh, importantly a former Russian policy officer, and as a member of the House Armed Services Committee, she recently returned from Ukraine. Congresswoman, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. So, so this situation between Russia and, and Ukraine, it's, it's got to be one of the scariest places in the world right now. What, what did you see there? Well, David, you know, that's kind of remarkable because what you just said, because as we were going, I was receiving briefings from the House Armed Services Committee about how I might have to escape um, should Ukraine be invaded while I was there. And yet when I arrived on the ground, um, you know, the people are going about their business. I met with many uh, of the Ukrainian people, not just leadership who were saying, no, they weren't afraid. They felt that they had been at war with Russia since 2014, that this was not new, um, and that they were going to keep doing their jobs, keep going to work every day, keep, you know, making sure their kids get to school. But if Russia did choose to obey, every single person I spoke to said they were going to resist that, they were going to fight against the Russians, they were ready to fight against the Russians and not cede one inch of their, their homeland. Are they, in your opinion, uh, are they ready? Are they ready if Russia were to invade? Well, certainly they are overmatched by Russia. We have uh, done everything we can to really support them from 2014 to make sure that they were a harder target. Um, but I'm afraid that uh, should Russia choose to invade, there will be um, a very quick period of time where they overtake certain areas. But then I think the Ukrainian people will make those areas hard to hold in the long term. And I, I think that's what Putin has maybe underestimated because we saw him go in in, in 2014 and very quickly uh, find success, hold on to territory in Crimea and the Donbass. I don't think the Ukrainian people are in the same mindset. So everything I heard, even you know, from the people on the ground before 2014, there were many people um, who had ties to Russia. In fact, Ukraine has many Russian speakers, native Russian speakers. And, you know, there was a fairly mixed view of Russia. Ever since 2014, the country has united, um, and part of their national identity has really become fighting against Russian aggression. Um, they know very well what it looks like when Russia overtakes territories. One woman said to me, you know, right now when I tweet, I, I feel something, I can tweet it. When I'm concerned about something, I can put it on social media. If I do that, in the occupied territories, uh, I get thrown in jail, and I can't live like that. And Congresswoman, Mike, I'm speaking with Congresswoman Mikey Sherrill. President Biden, I think he sent 3,000 troops to, to Eastern Europe. I mean, that, that's to back up NATO. Is the, is the, US, the U.S., my understanding, not, not readying for, for war there? No. So, it, David, when we went over there, the first thing we did, we didn't actually go straight to Ukraine. We stopped in Brussels to meet with our EU allies and our NATO allies to make sure we were fully aligned uh, in supporting Ukraine against Russian aggression, fully ready to deter in any way we could this Russian aggression through, um, as Senator Menendez has labeled them, the mother of all economic sanctions in part, but really, I think, in part, deterring Russia just through the unity and, and 
strengthening the transatlantic relationship. And, and that was um, something that I saw very clearly as I was in Brussels. We went on to Ukraine um, and, again, saw the unity of purpose there. But you're right. The troops being moved there are with our NATO and EU allies. So we're ensuring that we're, I think, keeping stability in the region. These were troops that the Baltic states, that Poland, that Romania, different states in the region want NATO and U.S. troops there to ensure that uh, Russian aggression doesn't go any further than Ukraine should they decide to invade. And Congresswoman, I know I know your delegation, your your CODEL was a bipartisan group and, and from from opposite ends of the political spectrum. Do you do you see the United States on this particular issue of Russia and Ukraine or, or is uh, is there much of a difference between Democrats and Republicans on how you're viewing this? Um, no, in fact, in Congress, Chairman I mean, Meeks, in Congress, in Congress. Yeah. Yes. So Chairman Meeks, who is the chair of the Foreign Affairs Committee. And Mark Green, who is the um, leading member, the member leading the Republicans on this CODEL, uh, were both her. I, I heard both of them say at separate times that what Putin has succeeded in doing is not only um, strengthening the transatlantic partnership, uniting the U.S. and its NATO allies, uniting the U.S. and our European Union allies, but uniting the United States Congress was <laughs> sometimes the most difficult task. So um, we were very united there. Uh, both the Republicans and the Democrats on this trip speaking very forcefully in support of Ukrainian democracy. And I think we were all very moved by the stories we heard from Ukrainian leadership, from the Ukrainian people, and then from the USAID organizations who, as they've measured they have different measurements for the strength of democracies. And as democracies in the region have done some backsliding, um, Ukraine has either hold steady or continued to make improvements in the face of a, a trend going the opposite direction. And to see the strength of the faith in democracy of the Ukrainian people was really, I think, moving to every one of us. And I am speaking with Congresswoman Mikey Sherrill. Congresswoman, one of what's your what's your read on the the relationship between Russia and China if if Russia invades do you think China will back them up so I think what we're looking at and, and this is something I um, when President Biden was meeting with Congress he mentioned directly to us and when he was meeting with the house that she has suggested, that democracies can't function in this new economy. And part of the reason I think Ukraine presents such a threat to Putin is because it is a democracy in the region that is very similar to Russia. They're Slavs. They um, have practiced the same religion. They're, they're very tied together in many ways. And yet as a democracy, when Russia's not undermining it, Ukraine economically... Is, is much more vibrant than Russia is and presents, I think, a direct threat to the stability of Putin's government and, and his suggestion that his authoritarian regime is um, stronger than any democracy. So I think Putin and she are united in this effort to undermine democracy, to make a, a different um, path for the global economy and for global leadership. 
And I think that is dangerous to democracies. And to me, that was one of the reasons it was so important to see that that reignited transatlantic relationship, the sense of of purpose and support that I felt in Brussels, because it is important for democracies in the world right now to stand together and against that kind of oppression. You mentioned Senator Menendez's proposal, the the, the mother of all sanctions. Uh, are you are you concerned that Congress might take so long to actually act on that, that this this invasion could potentially happen uh, before the, the, the U.S. Congress has their act together? No, I think um, Congress is working um, quite on a, a good plan to come together. Um, I do think right now we're, we're working very hard to present a deterrent effort in the hopes that Russia won't engage, but certainly um, we can come together. And I think what's really been important is the, the work the U.S. has done overseas. And that's something that maybe people here at home don't see. I, I will tell you that I saw it firsthand as I was in Brussels in speaking to our NATO and EU allies the view of Russia is that there are just three players in the world. There is Russia, there is China, and there's the United States, and each should have these spheres of influence. And, uh, and, and areas of the globe should fall under these spheres. And that is contrary to the United States' belief in sovereign identity and the ability of states to choose their government and their allies. And so it's really critical that we work together with Europe, and Europe, I think, has... Um, really appreciated the administration for bringing them into the talks, for not allowing Russia to simply have a conversation with the United States about Europe, that um, Europe is involved in this. And, and they were very complimentary of the briefings that the United States has worked hard to give to them. And you saw that unity. And I think that unity of purpose is really important. And again, I think a miscalculation on Putin's part, I, you know, the, the conversations I was having in Brussels um, were some of the strongest shows of unity I've seen uh, in several years between the United States and Europe, and it was really heartening to see that. And I'm speaking with Mikey Sherrill, congressman from Congresswoman from from North Jersey, and, and Congressman, I, I I struggle so much on 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 foreign policy, and and you know I'm 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 typically more more attuned to uh, to to insider politics and process. So I so I hope I can I, before you go ask you ask you about redistricting. I mean this is this is what last week was the fourth anniversary of of you scaring Rodney Freelingheisen out of the race. Now now you've got a district that I think is is more democratic, but but do you do you think you were the recipient of a of a of a gerrymandered district? No, I don't think this is a, a gerrymandered district. As you know, we have bipartisan redistricting and I think um, both maps both Democrats and Republicans worked hard to create a map that would be accept acceptable to the neutral person. And I never had a sense that this, you know, if, if we were simply Democrats trying to gerrymander for other Democrats, this is not the map we would have written. Um, but uh, I do think it's a good map. And I, I, I do. I am very excited about my new district, although it. It's funny, I, I always kind of laugh because I'll show up in different parts of my district and, and Bill Pascrell will show up for swearing-ins and stuff, even though it's my it district. used to be and his, yeah. It, exactly, and you do feel this connection. I feel a connection to, to parts of my district, even though I've lost them, because 
because you know those were the areas that that helped me take the seat and um sure. and so as excited as i am about the new district it's a little bittersweet because there are uh so many great towns that um that well, allow you- another lucky congressperson to serve and you know, I'm, look, I mean, I, I say this because we're we're both we're both Essex County people. I mean, you you go from your hometown of Montclair, and and you're only on Bloomfield Avenue for about a minute before you hit the 10th district, and you, and you have to go through yep. the 10th to get to other parts of your district. So this is a, uh, uh, I mean, it's a re- it's a journey. I mean, I've been through five of these, so so it's uh, uh, it, it'll it'll all settle out. But but I, I do have one last question. This is this is the question I am I am certain that you don't like to get, but uh, but I'll ask it anyway. The uh, Democratic Party is going to need a candidate for governor in 2025. Phil Murphy is term limited. Uh, what what are you thinking about running statewide? Everybody's talking about you running statewide. It's not that's not a secret to you. So what are, what are your plans? By, well, I have to tell you right now, as much as I love my new district, it is uh, not going to be an easy race by any stretch of the imagination. We're already, you know, putting the campaign in place. So my focus right now is on 2022 um, and serving the 11th district of New Jersey. Okay. I will. I promise you I will keep asking you the questions. I hope that doesn't. <laughs> I, that does, I hope that doesn't mean you won't come back on. <laughs> Never. Thank you so much for having me. 